mystery is my hobby. Inspector Noah Danton and I had driven to, to Lake George for a few days' rest and were returning to New York. It was early spring and the mud season was at its height. Early in the evening, a young practicing physician in the town of Cranston had been attending to his last patient of the day. All right, Horace, you can put your shirt back on. Okay. Well, everything all right, Doc? Oh, hello, Hala. Come in, we're all through. Did you give the patient a clean bill of health, Doctor? Doctor isn't talking. Look at him. He's disgusted because he can't find anything wrong. <laughs> you know, it must be discouraging when a fine, healthy specimen like me comes in for a checkup. <laughs> I wish all our patients were as healthy as you look, Horace. Yeah, Doc doesn't think so. He'd go out of business, eh, Doc? Sometimes people who look healthy are actually sick. Yeah, I suppose you're right at that. Hey, Doc. Yes? There isn't anything wrong with me, is there? We've been friends a long time, Horace. You want the truth, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I want the truth. It's your heart, old man. My, my heart? Yes, it's it's quite bad. Oh, you're, you're kidding, Doc. I mean, well, I'm, I'm not going to die, am I? Not right away. That is, if you're careful, very careful. Any unusual exertion would prove fatal. What do you mean, careful? Look, Doc, I, I can't be careful. I'm an engineer. I can't quit work. You know that. I'm afraid you'll have to quit your work. Oh, no, I can't. What would be the good of living if I, if I couldn't build things? Look, Doc, I... Oh, no, no, you... Oh, you must be kidding. Sorry, Horace. This is as tough on me as it is on you. Sometimes it isn't pleasant being a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. All right, Doc. That's the verdict. I, I guess I can take it. That's the spirit. Just take it easy and you might live to be a hundred. Yeah, live to be a hundred. Well, so long, Doc. Uh, good night, Hela. Thanks for everything. Good night, Horace. Good night. Oh, what a pity. Charles, are you sure? Do you think I'd tell him such tragic news if I weren't sure? But wouldn't it have been better to have let him go on thinking... That he was in fine physical shape? Would that have been fair? If he's careful, he might prolong his life for years. I wonder if Horace wants to prolong his life if he can't build things. Some men's work is more important to them than life itself. Your interest in Horace seems somewhat unusual, my dear. I've known him since we were children. Once long ago, he asked me to marry him. Marry him? Yes. Oh, it was before you came to town, Dr. Morrow. After working as your nurse for a month, I knew. Knew what? Why I didn't accept Horace. It was because I'd been waiting for you. Darling, thank heaven you did. I suppose you know that that was why you got the job when I advertised for a nurse. Why? Because I fell in love with you the minute you stepped through that office door. Oh, so you didn't think I'd make a good nurse. All you wanted was... Tomorrow. After all, do you kiss all your nurses during office hours? Only those I happen to fall in love with. And since you're the only nurse I've ever employed, how could I have fallen in love with the others? Besides, office hours ended 15 minutes ago. <laughs> then go and change your clothes and take me out to dinner. I'm starved. Ah, me. Women and their appetites. Be back in a shake, darling. Don't go away. I will if you're gone more than five minutes. <laughs> the darling... Hello, Kayla. Jerry. Take it easy, baby. I ain't a ghost. Terry, it can't be you. No? I'll take a good look, sister. A good look. Terry, what are you doing here? Well, for the past couple of minutes, I've uh, been outside, listening to your sloppy conversation with your doctor friend. Terry. 
<laughs> you know, honey, you sure know how to get them. Why, you got that sawbones eating out of your hand. Just the way you used to have Horace Graham. Stop it, Terry. What are you doing here? What do you want? Well, I had a little accident. Here, take a look. You're wounded. You've been shot. That's it, honey. Got into a little jam with the cops. The gun's throwing lead around. I stopped one with my shoulder. So, it was you? Yeah, it was me who knocked off that payroll clerk. Now, look, honey. I gotta get this shoulder of mine fixed up. I was thinking that maybe your boyfriend... You fool. Of course he won't. You planning on making a telephone call, baby? That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to call the police. No, ain't that something. My own sister turning me in. I can just see the headlines tomorrow. Escape con captured. Doctor breaks engagement with jailbird's sister. So that's why you came here. That's why I came here. Figure some other doc might start asking questions about how I got this bullet hole. And why do you think Charles won't ask you those questions? Charles, huh? That's huh. like this, honey. I was thinking you wouldn't want. Charles to know that it was because of me you didn't marry Horace Graham. That's a lie. It wasn't because of you that I didn't marry Horace. I didn't love Horace. Oh, sure, sure. Now, look, honey, you're not kidding me. So long as I was alive, you wouldn't marry nobody because you figured they might find out and object to having a jailbird in the family. Horace knew. I told him. No, no, you didn't. You never told nobody about me. Then you hear I'm dead. After a while, you go overboard about this doctor guy. You figure everything will be okay because there won't be a chance of me showing up. Charles! It's all right, Halo. I heard it all. There's nothing to be afraid of. Well, well. If it ain't Doc Sawbones himself. And with a gun, too. That's right, mister. With a gun. And I know how to use it. Don't forget that. I ain't forgetting nothing, mister. Least of all, I ain't forgetting my sister. That's enough. I'm not interested in your opinion of your sister. Halo, there's just one thing I want to know. Yes, Charles. Did you refuse to marry Horace Graham because your brother was in jail? No. Horace knew about Terry. I told him. The reason I didn't marry Horace was because I didn't love him. Well, that's all I wanted to know, honey. You're making a mistake, Doc. It ain't going to do you no good. It ain't going to do Helen no good when folks find out who I am. He's right, Charles. It'll ruin you. People will ask questions. They, they won't patronize a doctor who's married to a sister of a jailbird. That's it. Don't make a mistake, Doc. You've got too much to lose. Well, you might even lose Hela. Hela? Don't listen to him, Charles. It wouldn't make any difference. You're right about calling the police. I'm going to... You ain't going to call nobody. Look out, Charles. Stand still, you fool. No one ain't going to turn me over to the police. The light. Terry, come back or I'll riot. You ain't going to... You know, Bart... I'm kind of glad we decided to drive through to New York tonight after all. We ought to be there by dawn, eh? I should think so, Inspector. What's the matter? Don't you like the country? Oh, sure. I like it all right. Nice place to visit. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I understand there are people who live here all the year yeah. round. I wouldn't be surprised to find you were right. Say, Inspector. Yeah? What's the matter? Look, isn't that a man lying up ahead beside the road? Huh? Where? By Jove, it is. Hey. Pull up, Inspector. Hey. Yeah, okay. Probably some farmer got pie-eyed on hard cider. Good thing you saw him. Uh, we might have run over him. Possibly he's the victim of a hit-and-run driver. Yeah. Let's go back and take a look. Two-bit says this means we don't get back to New York by dawn. Get out your flashlight, Inspector. I got it out. There he is. Yes. Lying in the mud beside the road. 
Hold the light steady while I roll them over. There we are. How about a drunk or dead? I'm not sure. I don't seem to be any bruises. I think we'd better get him to a doctor in any case. A doctor? Where are we going to find a doctor in this wilderness? There must be a town somewhere nearby or else it... Listen, Inspector. Huh? Listen to what? Hey, someone coming up the road. Swing up your flashlight, Inspector. Yeah. Hello there. Ah, something wrong? Oh, yes. We were driving along and saw this man lying beside the road. Are you a native in this locality? Yeah, I am. Oh, well, what's the matter? Is he dead? We don't know yet. Know who he is? Wait a minute. Throw your flashlight on his face. No? No, I never saw him before. Probably struck by a hit-and-run driver, huh? Could be. What's your name, mister? And uh, what are you doing walking along the road at 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, I'm Horace Graham. I live in the village down the road. Well, as far as what I'm doing, I, I was just out for a walk. Well, how do you like that? Out for a walk at 2 a.m. on a pitch-dark night. Never mind that now, Inspector. Is there a doctor in the village, Mr. Graham? Yeah, there's a doctor there. His name is Morrow, Charles Morrow. Good. His place is at the north end of the town. You can't miss it. There's a sign. Splendid. Grab hold here, Inspector. This man needs treatment badly. This must be the place. Yes, there's a sign. Black as ink. Maybe he isn't home. I think it's more likely that he's asleep. All right. Help me lift up our friend, Inspector. Okay. Let's go. All right. There's something screwy about this, Bart, and I think you know it. We both know it, don't we, Inspector? All right. Ease him down here on the porch. Cut him up. There we are. I'll knock. Why didn't you say so back there on the road? I didn't think it expedient, Inspector. Neither did you. Huh? Well, as far as I'm concerned... Hello! Who's down there? Dr. Morrow? Yes, I'm Dr. Morrow. We have a patient here who needs immediate treatment. Immediate? Look, I've had a busy day. This guy was struck by a hit-and-run driver. Come on down. Hit-and-run? Very well, I'll be down. Wait until I put some clothes on. Why is it that some people always have to stop and argue? Are you asking me, Inspector? What's that supposed to be? A wisecrack? There's a light. All right. Let's lift up the body, Inspector. Body? Who said it was a body? You don't call a man a body and... Keep quiet. Bring him inside, gentlemen. My office is to the left. You can place him on the operating table. All right, fine. Coming up. Sorry to disturb you, Doctor, but this looks serious. George, he is messed up, isn't he? Well, at least there's a lot of mud on him. Let me see now. Hit and run driver, you said. Hmm. Gentlemen, I'm afraid your act of mercy came too late. The man is dead. So? How would you say he died, Doctor? How? Why, probably a fractured skull, or worse. Don't worry, I'll take care of everything. Tomorrow, I'll make out my report and... Would you mind showing us where the car struck him? Look here, gentlemen, I'm a doctor and... We're policemen, and we want to know a few things. Policemen? Yes. This man here wasn't struck by any hit and run driver... There isn't a bruise on him, and he was dead when we found him. Well, there's no use kidding anybody. We both knew it. I see. Well, as policemen, you should know it's illegal to move a corpse without a coroner or a doctor. Now, if you... The inspector spoke too hastily, doctor. We weren't sure that the man was dead. It was reasonable to suppose that he was the victim of a hit-and-run driver until we saw the bandages. Bandages? Yeah, under his shirt. You better take a look, doc. Make sure there aren't any bullet holes. Hmm. There is a bandage, isn't there? Yes. Let me see. This is a bit irregular, but... Why, George, look there. There is a bullet hole. Hmm. Through the shoulder. 
I wouldn't say that such a wound would kill a man, would you, Doctor? Well, it's quite likely. You see, loss of blood... The wound had begun to heal. That means, of course, that the blood had stopped flowing. No, Doctor. I think you'd better unwrap the rest of the bandage so we can see the second bullet hole. The one that really killed him. shining on the exact spot where we found the body. Let's get out and take a look around. You think we're going to find something here, do you? Naturally, I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't have suggested that we come back. Well, for my dough, we should be talking to a guy named Horace Graham. Stop here, Inspector. And why should we be talking to Horace Graham? Because nobody with any brains will be walking along a country road in the pitch dark at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because the bullet that killed the guy we found entered through his back and penetrated to his heart. Because... Yes, I think you're right, Inspector. However, let's look around here first. Yeah. There are the victim's footprints in the mud. There's the place where he fell. Yep, and there are tire tracks where the car swerved off the pavement. Same. Yes, I was thinking the same thing, Inspector. It almost looks as though a car had chased our friend off the road. Otherwise, the tire tracks would have swerved in the other direction. But why? The guy wasn't hit by an automobile. He was shot. Remember? And I strongly suspect that Dr. Morrow knew he was shot. By the way, Inspector, do something for me, will you? Sure. What do you want me to do? Follow that line of footprints made by the victim. Uh, you mean you want me to walk through the mud? Yes, do you mind? I mind a lot, but I don't think it'll do any good. Here goes. That's where you want me? Fine. Come on back, Inspector. I think we've made a discovery. Discovery? Uh, what did you discover about me walking through the mud? Turn around and compare your own footprints with those of the victim, Inspector. What's different about him? Say, Bart, look. That's it, Inspector. You're a pretty big man, yet the footprints you made aren't nearly as deep as those made by the man we found lying here. And he was a little guy. Right. Which means that someone must have carried him through the mud... And dropped him beside the road to make it look as though a car hit him. Which brings up another point. When we knocked at Dr. Morrow's door, he told us he'd be down as soon as he put some clothes on. So he did. And when he finally got down, he was in his stocking feet. Inspector, it struck me as odd that a man would fully dress himself and forget to put on his shoes. He didn't forget. But I think we'd better go back and have another talk with Dr. Morrow. Yes, but not right away, Inspector. Sherlock Holmes used to say, let's smoke a couple of pipes on it first. But look, if Doc's shoes are covered with mud... They won't be, Inspector. The man isn't a fool. He probably wiped off his shoes long before he ever returned to the office. No, there's some other reason why Dr. Morrow came downstairs in his stocking feet. And I'm beginning to think I know the reason why. gentlemen, back again, eh? Did you make any startling discoveries? Yeah, we made a few, Doc, that'll knock your eye out. Who's your girlfriend? This is Miss Hala Knight, my nurse. Hala, Barton Drake, and Inspector Noah Danton. Inspector Noah Danton Drake. And now, gentlemen, please tell me what you've discovered. Would you mind if we looked at the corpse again, Doctor? No, not at all. Just step into my office. Thank you. 
I've made out a full report on the happenings of last night, and I'll turn it into the police immediately. You better hold it up a little bit, Doc. There might be some things you'll want to add to that report. Oh? Well, you seem to have changed the appearance of our corpse somewhat, Doctor. Hmm? Oh, uh, you mean the mud. Yes, I, I cleaned him up a bit. He was pretty muddy. Hmm. Especially his shoes. His shoes? Well, yes, I wiped them off, if that's what you mean. I suppose that accounts for the peculiar odor. Peculiar odor? Yeah. Smells like burning cloth. Did you burn the cloths with which you wipe off the shoes, Doctor? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, I did. I see. Dr. Morrow, do you mind if Inspector Danton and I search your bedroom? My bed? Now, look here, gentlemen. You don't have to let us if you don't want to, Doc. Only, if we don't, someone else is going to. I'd like to know who. I can't possibly let understand. Let Charles. What difference can it make? We've nothing to hide. That's very sensible of you, Miss Knight. Will you show us the way, Doctor? And these are the shoes you wore last night, Doctor. Yes, why? Dr. Morrow, you're a man of intelligence. Doesn't it strike you as a bit ridiculous trying to cover up your guilt? My... my guilt? I don't know what you mean. I'm sure you do, Doctor. You really should have studied the business of crime before attempting to commit one. Now, look here, Drake. You look here yourself, Doctor. Look closely at this shoe, the left one. There are still particles of mud buried in the crevices of the heel. Well, why shouldn't there be? This is the spring of the year. There's mud everywhere. Exactly. Can you explain why there's no particle of mud at all in your right shoe? Why, I, I... Perhaps you didn't wear both shoes at the same time. Is that it, Doctor? Nonsense. Of course I did. It does sound like nonsense, doesn't it? The idea of a man wearing shoes that aren't mates. I don't suppose you'd mind if we took these shoes out and tried fitting them into the prints that we found near where the body was picked up? Of course not. In fact, I'd welcome such an experiment. Yes, I think you would. You're too eager, Doctor. You fell into my trap very neatly. Trap? What are you talking about? Amateur criminals, Doctor, are always over-anxious. Shall I tell you what happened? Nothing happened. I don't know what you're talking about. The inspector and I found that the footprints were unusually deep. We reasoned that they had to be made by a very big man with small feet. Or a normal-sized man who was carrying someone else. Well? We decided that they'd been made by a normal-sized man carrying someone else. And that that man was you. If it were I, then these shoes would fit the prince, wouldn't they? Oh, no, no. When you reached the spot where you decided to leave the body, you changed shoes with the victim, carried him to the side of the road, and then returned to your car. It's the victim's shoes that'll fit the prince, Doctor. Of course they will. He was hit by that automobile. It was pitch dark when you put your own shoes back on. You couldn't see what you were doing. You got one of the victim's shoes on by mistake. You came back here wearing one brown shoe and one black one, a fact that you didn't discover until last night when we knocked on your door. Get it, Doc? You came downstairs fully dressed, but without shoes. That made us kind of suspicious. I see. All right, I... I guess it's no use. Oh, Charles! Charles! There, there, dear, we... I was a fool to think I could get away with it. But it wasn't murder. It wasn't. It was self-defense. If it was self-defense, why didn't you notify the police instead of trying to pull this hit-and-run gag? Because the man who was killed was my brother. He'd been in jail. He came here last night wounded. He, he threatened to tell who he was unless I influenced Charles into attending to his wound. I knew it would ruin Charles, so I refused. I see. And then what happened, Miss Knight? Charles had overheard our conversation. He stepped into the room... He was holding a gun. Terry tried to get out of the room. He switched off the lights and opened the door. Was he facing you both when he switched off the lights? Facing us? That's right. Yes. 
He made some remark about not letting us get away with it. Charles thought he was reaching for a gun and, and fired. Hey, what's that? Someone just went through the front door. Whoever it is is in a hurry. I'll take a look. Hey! Whoever it is is swiping out a car away. Charles, it's Horace Graham. He, he's got someone with him. That isn't someone, lady. That's our corpse. Come on! <laughs> Sorry, Inspector, it's a pre-war model. With a five-minute start, we'll never catch him. Doctor, can you think of any reason why Horace Graham would want to steal the body of Miss Mack's brother? Yes, I can, but until I know for sure, I'm going to keep it to myself. Look, there's a car up ahead. That's our wagon, boss. I see it is, Inspector. Give her the gun shot. I'm doing the best I can. Look, he's turning into that side road. That guy must be nuts. He knows we're behind him. Perhaps he wants us to catch him, Inspector. Better slow down, Doctor. He won't get far on that gravel road. Here's the turn here. Take it easy, Doc. This is nothing but a cart path. There's the other car. He stopped at the foot of that embankment. Jumping Judas, what's the guy up to? He's dragged the corpse out of the car. He's trying to carry it up the embankment. Oh, the idiot, I told him. Come on, Doctor, we've got to hurry. Horace! Horace, stop that! Stop that, Horace! Come on, let's go after him. Now, there's something screwy about this. I don't get it at all. We will in a minute, Inspector. He's stopped. He's... Oh, Horace! Horace, Horace, you fool. I told you that any strenuous exercise... <laughs> Sorry, Doc. I, I didn't want you to get into a jam for something I did. Something you did? Yeah. What are you talking about, man? It was... It was I who... Who shot... Taylor's brother. What? Horace. Listen, Horace. Charles. Is he... Is he... Yes. Yes, he's dead. Carrying that body was too much of a strain. As I think he knew it would be. the old place will have changed much. I imagine it'll look about the same as it would have looked if we got there by dawn. I don't know. A lot can happen in 12 hours. <laughs> You're right there, Inspector. A lot certainly happened in the past 12 hours, didn't it? For us, it did. You know, Bart, we should have suspected that Horace Graham guy right from the start. Oh, my, Inspector. Why? Why, just like I said at the beginning, any guy who'd go walking on a cold black night at 2 a.m. is a screwball. Being a screwball doesn't make a man a murderer, Inspector. I can understand why he'd want to be out walking by himself, just having been condemned to death by his physician. That wasn't why he was out walking. He just killed a man. He wanted to see if the hit-and-run gimmick was going to work. Yes, I know. Inspector, men who are condemned to death have a curious attitude. Horace was once in love with Miss Knight, you know, when he came back and overheard their conversation and realized that her chance of happiness was being jeopardized by a black chief brother. He decided to do something about it. Figured he had nothing to lose, eh? I suppose so. He hadn't planned on Dr. Morrow being accused of the crime. He couldn't figure out why. So he stuck around, and when he learned that we'd tipped over the apple cart as far as Doc was concerned, he decided to swipe the body. Corpus delicti. You know, Inspector, I think he had a dual purpose in trying to steal that body. 
It worked out exactly as he planned it. Yeah, I guess it did. Now, uh, how did you know that neither the Doc nor Halen Knight had killed her brother? Did I know, Inspector? Well, didn't you? No, not until the very end. When Miss Knight told us that her brother was facing into the room when Charles shot... That just for the reason that he missed and that the bullet went out the door. Well, by golly. By golly's right, Inspector. The bullet that killed Miss Knight's brother entered through his back, didn't it? Yep, that's right. That's a hundred percent right. Was Doc surprised when you told him that? No, not particularly, Inspector. As a matter of fact, he only grinned and asked me to autograph a book he had. Is that it? Fine. What was the name of the book? Why, Inspector, what else but mystery is my hobby. (laughs) 